The ugly reality of the Sprint Car and National Tour split spills into the open. Plus, Shark Racing divides their cars for 2024 and a lot more today. Let's go. It's Thursday, November 30th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. I alluded to this particular situation a few days ago, but yesterday, thanks to Jeremy Elliott and SprintCarUnlimited.com, we got it confirmed. Port Royal Speedway in Pennsylvania is officially off the Word of Outlaws cal- uh, calendar for 2024. After World Racing Group CEO Brian Carter appeared on MRN's Winged Nation after World Finals, it seemed as though Port would be one of the tracks that would host both Sprint Car Series next year, like Eldora will. But in the weeks since, things have apparently changed. The first sign of issues was when the World of Outlaws late model schedule was released and it didn't have port on it. The track had hosted uh, WRG's late models every year since 2017, with just one year off in 2020. Rumbling started then that there might be trouble here between the two sides, and Jeremy was able to confirm it with both the track and the series. With the way the quotes read from Brian Carter, WRG decided to not schedule the sprint cars because of the decisions the track made around sanctioning the Weikert and the Tusky 50 with high limit. And in response, Steve O'Neill and Port Royal then decided to also not host the World of Outlaws late models. Port already has a streaming deal in place with Flow Racing, so the Weikert and Tusky going high limit after being all-star shows wasn't exactly a shock here. Now, instead of an October trip to Port, the Chowder points to the Outlaws hitting up another Central PA track uh, on that weekend instead. In the hour since, as you can imagine, the response from some of the fan base hasn't exactly been positive. But like I tweeted yesterday, did we really think that splitting sprint car racing at the national level was going to be nice and friendly? Because it certainly wasn't all rainbows and butterflies in the past when uh, splits happened with USA and the NST. And that was never going to be the case here. High Limit hasn't exactly played nice on their end, and neither will World, uh, World Racing Group. Tough decisions are going to be made. People will end up with hurt feelings. They're going to feel betrayed. Lines in the sand are going to be drawn. This tactic of making tracks choose has already been playing out elsewhere, but Port Royal losing shows was the first high-profile track where it's been now revealed publicly. I certainly don't love any of this, but I actually think most of it sucks. But it was clear from the start where this was going to go. Everyone is going to try and make the best decisions they can to protect their piece of land, and there's going to be ugliness in the middle. It's not called show friends, it's called show business. If you're one of those uh, upset about the situation, I would ask you to place yourselves in charge of the racetracks or in charge of one of the sanctioning bodies and think about how you'd respond when it's your money and your business on the line. Would you be okay with the track flipping your sanction dates or scheduling with your biggest competition? Would you be okay with the sanctioning body pulling an event from your racetrack? The answer to no or to, to both is clearly no. I don't blame Steve O'Neill for being upset and dropping the light models, and I don't blame Brian Carter for deciding to not schedule the sprint cars. Yes, Port had the Outlaws and the All-Stars in the past, but let's be clear, the All-Stars and High Limit are not the same thing. One is clearly being viewed as a direct threat to the World of Outlaws, and the other one wasn't. Is making tracks choose aside here the best course of action going forward? I'm not really sure, but I understand why it's happening. This split is ugly, it's going to continue to be ugly, and Port Royal won't be the last time a line is drawn in the sand. As for Sprint Car Series announcements, yesterday it was Logan Schuhart revealing he's back with the World of Outlaws for 2024. He and the Shark Racing 1S become the fifth officially confirmed Outlaw team, uh, joining David Gravel, Brock Zierfoss, Gio Selzy, and Shelton Hodenshield. You can add Bill Rose uh, to the mix as well, but we haven't gotten that uh, from the series officially just yet. 
Logan finished 2023 fifth in the Outlaw standings with six wins in 71 races, plus the big million-dollar score at Eldora. Statistically, 2023, very similar to 2022 for that team. Uh, Same number of wins, similar amounts of top fives and top tens. The average finish was just a tick better this year. The 1S has become one of the main outlaw contenders on a nightly basis over the last 10 years on tour, but they haven't quite been able to get back to that level of performance they had in 2020. That season, Logan finished runner-up in the championship battle and had his best season ever with seven wins and an average finish under six. He also had 46 top tens in 54 races. That squad needs to find just a bit more consistency if they're going to be in the same conversation next year with the likes of David Gravel and most likely Carson Macedo when it comes to the World of Outlaws Championship. Just a little bit ago here, we got the announcement as well for Logan's shark racing teammate in Jacob Allen. Jacob will return to full-time sprint car competition in 2024, but he's going to go the other direction. Instead of being back as a member uh, with the World of Outlaws, Jacob becomes the second confirmed high limit full-timer for next year. He joins Brad Sweet as the only other publicly locked-in high-limit driver. This had been rumored as a possibility that Bobby Allen and Shark Racing would split their two cars between the series, and with the last year that Jacob has had, I think high-limit makes a lot of sense for him. Schedule probably be a little bit shorter, and the freedom should give him some added days off when he needs them. And I think this isn't a bad plan for Shark, as they're at a point in their evolution where they can do this now. We're well past the version of this team that ran both cars out of one trailer. They've got the equipment, they've got the infrastructure to be able to do this. If Jacob can get back to the forum we saw him at in 2022, he could win with High Limit next year. Uh, One quick racetrack note uh, in Ohio, Millstream Speedway recently got bought by Matt and uh, Beth Cogley. They announced yesterday that Rich and Shelley Farmer will help them promote races at the track in 2024. The Farmers are back promoting Fremont Speedway uh, for 2024 and will supposedly bring a few special events to Millstream next season as the track continues to get improvements. As for the larger sprint car picture in Ohio with Speed Week and the series stuff we've talked about here recently, there's still a lot to figure out. I'd love to give you guys more details, but it's all still incredibly fluid and changes from one day to the next. There is some division there among the tracks. Multiple Ohio Speed Weeks uh, are still on the table and who knows what else could happen in the coming weeks and months. Uh, Looking at the weekend ahead, the Big Dirt late model shows we were hoping for have both been rained out. The XR Super Series was supposed to close uh, 2023 with a single-day doubleheader at Alltech in Florida that was scheduled for Saturday, but cold temperatures and a wet forecast have forced the cancellation of that one. With the season now complete for XR, that means Bobby Pierce claims the series championship over Ricky Thornton Jr., making it three titles this year for the smooth operator. He wrapped up the Outlaw Championship a few weeks ago. Flow Series finale uh, rain out resulted in him taking that title as well, and now the same with XR. It's been one hell of a year for Pierce as he uh, now gets ready to take on the Gateway Dirt Nationals in a few weeks. Also, Buckshot Speedway in Alabama has pushed their holiday hustle for Super Late Models back to December 9th because of weather. That 10,000 a win show will be streamed by Hunt the Front. Since we're talking late models, check out this photo that was going around social media yesterday. This is Brandon Shepard's B5 with a special testing Longhorn Factory Team wrap on it. Since all tech was rained out, the team posted they were going to go test somewhere this weekend before they head to the Dome. I really like this look. I also like that it's, you know, they're calling it the Longhorn Factory Team instead of the Longhorn House Car. Uh, I kind of hope that sticks going forward. And I know, obviously, B-Shep's got sponsors, so this paint scheme won't stay, but I still like it anyway. Uh, If you want some sprint car racing this weekend, you do have a few options. Perth Motorplex, Toowoomba, and a few other tracks are in action down under. And some drivers we see over here normally are already there getting some laps in. That includes James McFadden and Logan Seavey. Clay Preview is going to be a good place to start if you want to watch from afar. Also down at Volusia, 360 Sprint Cars headline the battle in Barberville through the weekend. 
That event also includes UMP and three-quarter modifieds. It's going to be live over on Dirt Vision. Uh, before we close out for the week over in the Dirt Tracker merch shop, I've left all of the shirts on sale following the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. That includes like the one I'm wearing right now. I've got limited sizes left, so the logo shirts still marked down to 15 bucks. Just smalls and mediums remain in stock. And if you haven't picked up a Dirt Tracker hoodie yet, I've got one large and no XLs left. I do have a few 2Xs and a few 3Xs still available, but I don't think they're going to last very long and there won't be any restocks. You can browse the merch anytime over at shop.dirttracker.com. Uh, that's it for the show this week. Hope you guys have a great Thursday out there and a great weekend. We'll see you right back here on Sunday. <laughs>